What's up, Hyperfascination? On this episode of the show, I sat down with a former Marine who turned into a short-term rental investor and now developer. He has taught hundreds of people how to achieve high cash-on-cash returns through developing short-term rental properties. Welcome to the show, Alex Jarbo. Welcome to the show today, Alex. How are you doing? Oh, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. We've had other short-term rental uh, people on before, but no one doing you know exactly what you're doing, which is short-term uh, rental development. So specifically developing for short-term rentals. So give the audience a little bit of background on yourself and how you got into this pretty cool niche. Yeah, man. Uh, so I started back six, seven, seven years ago now uh, in the Marine Corps. Uh, I, was, I served four and a half years. The last year of my enlistment, I was like, okay, I, I had decided I didn't want to enlist. So I just started reading up a lot of on a lot of different investing books, whether it be stock market, crypto, real estate. Real estate, it really caught my eye because I just like the control that you could have over real estate, like with like forced appreciation and all that fun stuff. Um, so I originally joined a flipping mentorship. Um, and what I realized I, I was on a call once with the owner of the, the flipping mentorship, just a group coaching call. And what I realized was the gentleman who ran that flipping mentorship, all of his long-term wealth, even back then was tied into short-term rentals. Um, so I got him on a separate one-on-one -on -one call and we, I was like, Hey, I really want to get into this. Like I'm interested in the flipping, but not as much as the short-term rental stuff. Um, so he helped me sort of decide, like, just like he taught me how to choose a market and then obviously how to underwrite a short term rental. He also showed me his numbers and what his properties were making. And they were just blowing like long term rentals out of the water. Like if, if like if that property was a long term rental. So um, he actually helped me decide on where I currently live now. So the day I left the, the military, I moved straight to Asheville, North Carolina, where I currently live. And I got my broker's license when I got here, my real estate license. And I just started looking for a short term rental for myself. And what I realized, I was looking for like six to eight months. And what I realized was everything was either way out of my price range, or it was in my price range, but it just wouldn't have done well as a short term rental, maybe as a long term rental, but there wasn't like necessarily anything unique about it, and like no draw to it. Um, so again, after six to eight months of looking, we decided to develop our, my very first real estate investment was a, a new development short term rental. Um, that was an 800 square foot a frame that we own to this day. One turned into two really quickly, two turned into four, and then uh, today we're developing $10 million worth of short-term rentals, and we're looking to triple that next year. So was that first one, you you bought the the land and then built this 800-square-foot thing? or Yeah, so I had I had a GC. I didn't build it with my own hands, but yeah, yeah, yeah raw, land, raw land into the vertical development, everything, yep. And now you said $10 million this year. How, how are you funding that much build yeah so we, we brought on investors original i brought on investors originally just through jvs and then right now i've partnered up with a couple uh multi-family funds that are looking to get into short-term rentals um to sort of diversify and just with how some even right now is how cap rates can be on how competitive multi-family is right now um there's a couple multi-family investors that have sort of started their own short-term rental funds that i'm essentially the deal finder and operator for and then we just get normal financing on them, like commercial loans. There's there's lenders out there finally that will lend on stuff like this because I think COVID really put short-term rentals in the spotlight. Talk to me a little bit about 
uh, deal flow, right? Where, how are you finding the places to develop short-term rentals? What do you look for? Yeah, so I have I have a phenomenal real estate agent that keeps me busy. Um, I'm licensed here as well, but she is infinitely better than me. Um, so she has a team. That, it's not just her. She has a real estate team. Um, and th that's mainly where most of my deal flow comes. And what I realized the last like six to eight months is the best use of my time is to focus on like six to 12 cabins at the same time and more of like a cluster development compared to trying to go look. I realized best use of my time and all my GC's time, my engineer's time, my architect's time, my real estate agent's time, there was no difference in time between me driving out looking at a one acre parcel or looking at a 20 acre parcel. It was the same time, it was just a bigger number and more cabins to develop, which my, my new GC or my current GC can handle. So when it comes to deal flow, my real estate agent brings me either raw land deals or we're right now we're targeting, there aren't too many of them, but we're targeting like bed and breakfast or like small cabin communities that have some acreage attached to them that we can then develop further pro uh, properties on. That way there's sort of a built-in cash flow that helps with our holding costs while we're developing the other cabins as well. So you cash flow it from day one, but- On, on some of them, yeah, the ones that we take yeah. over, yes, yeah. You can build like out, out cabins or I don't- Yeah, yeah, so like we, I like to focus on like permanent foundation stick built houses that our, our backup plan, if like regulations ever change or anything gets crazy, we can just sell off the properties individually. Like, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about like 500 to maximum 15, 1600 square foot cabins. Like there's always going to be a market for those type of properties. Which, which markets are you in primarily? Is, are you focused on just one area or? Yeah. Just Western North Carolina right now, the mountains of North Carolina. Yeah. We like to stick to these themed type communities. And with that, I'm pretty confident I can build out a portfolio of like 60 to 70 cabins in this market with those themed communities. And when I say themed, like A-frame cottages, chalets, barn, like uh, barn dominion type properties. Um, I feel like we, when we do like six to 12 at the same time, and we're trying to get to 60 to 70 per market, it's it, it's there's something unique about the properties where they're not sort of cannibalizing themselves, like where I'm like competing against myself. What's been your biggest challenge in all of this? Uh... Yeah, just, I mean, so supply, supply chain issues are going to be the biggest thing in the last couple of years, but uh, fortunately things are getting better. Like people are scared of this correction we're going through, but what I've seen is like people are starting to settle down a little more. They're not job hopping as much. It's, it's getting easier to find trades, at least in my market, where like we have people actually calling us and people are waiting on us compared to the other way around, which is how it's been the last couple of years, which is the complete opposite. So yeah, supply to chain issues were the biggest issue. Raising capital for these deals surprisingly wasn't because so many people wanted to get want to get into short terminals, even last year when I started raising capital and currently as well. And right now it's one of the few asset classes, few real estate asset classes that still cash flows with these crazy interest rates we're going through right now. What is the, uh, the structure or the offering that you raise capital on? Yeah. So everyone's going to be different. Everyone's going to be different depending on if I'm working with the fund or if I'm doing the JV like model myself. So, um, if I'm just bringing on a JV, the JV brings the capital. It's, it's one, I don't, I don't like to pull in investor capital myself. I'm not syndicating anything myself. Um, so it's, it's mainly just one investor that wants to put in anywhere between a hundred, the lowest I've gone was a hundred thousand on like two cabins. That was prior to COVID right now. It's probably like with these larger cabins, anywhere between 400 to 600,000 that they bring to the table. 
they help me guarantee the loan. I've, I have a pretty good balance sheet, but I still need some help guaranteeing the loan. And then um, it's it's a 50-50 right, um, straight across the board. I take a small management fee, about 3 to 7% um, off the top, and that goes straight to my management company. And then it's a long-term hold for about 8 to 10 years. When it comes to the fun stuff, um, the current fund that I'm working with, um, I mean, this is all public knowledge, like sent out in emails. It's uh, usually a, anywhere between a 5 to 6% preferred return is what we try to get the investors. They get 50% of the deal. And then I get 50% of the general partnership. But again, every every single deal is different depending on what the cash flow looks like, what the deal looks like. What what is your outlook for you know this uh, this part of the market industry in general? You know, as as we enter higher you know higher interest rates, recession, all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's even outside of that, it's it's still evolving and it's constantly evolving. What I'm seeing right now, it's almost going full circle. When I say what I mean by that is short term rentals have been around forever, right? Like before Airbnb VRBO, you just had to pick up a phone and call a manager to, to book a, a short term rental. So the way of booking has changed. But what I'm seeing now is that more and more people are building like the, the professional managers that have more than three to five properties. They're building out their own sites and pushing people to their own websites outside of Airbnb and VRBO. Um, when it comes to the outlook with the recession and everything, um, I mean, we're, we're aggressively purchasing properties right now. And I mean, we're getting discounts on these properties. This is like the property that we currently got um, right now. I mean, we, we didn't get it at list price. We got it pretty well below list price. Um, but so we're aggressively purchasing. But my, my whole like, I guess, thesis, if you want to call it that for my business is investing and in developing unique cabins or properties where the property itself is an experience outside of the city that the guest is visiting. And that's really key. I like to say, and I hate to say this term because I've gotten some kickback about it because it's not quantifiable. Um, but I say Instagrammable properties, people, properties that people are proud to put on their social media, that you would be proud on, to put on your social media. And I've gotten kickback about that. So okay, how do you quantify that? I mean, you can't, but you can look at my occupancy numbers and we're at 90% occupancy plus throughout the whole year. Um, the unique properties outside of what the market is currently doing are, are also a little bit less seasonal. Where again, the market, the property becomes the attraction during the slow season, and then during the high season, it's still an attraction, but the city becomes the, the market that you you're investing in becomes the attraction. So, I mean, we're 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 aggressively invested in, in this current market. What do you do to make properties Instagrammable or attractive like that? Yeah, I mean, the structure is the biggest thing. So, if if people are listening, like I have a, I just have a, a house. How do I do it? How do I do that? Um, on the inside of the property, you can play around with like accent walls and different textures. I've seen people do murals on the inside of the houses, even on the outside, but inside playing around with the design of the inside of the house. Um, but when we're do the reason why I focused on development is because we can optimize the like for especially with like how high, how high prices currently are, and they're probably going to stay like this forever. Um, is that like we optimize the floor plan completely like that first uh, all of our cabins, but that first cabin we built six years ago, there wasn't one wasted square foot in, in that entire thing. Um, but yeah, what makes them unique is like people love staying in like the A-frames, the cottages. We're playing around with tree houses right now, like houses on stilts practically. Um, but that's what makes them Instagrammable is like, like a unique structure. But again, like all of our properties have full kitchens, full bathrooms. So they're, they're still houses, but you're just playing around with the structure and the design of the property. Yeah, I, I like that overall concept idea of 
you know, how do you, how do you make your property stand out? And, and when, you know, we had Michael Alfante on the podcast once talking about that. He, he hasn't done the development part like, like you, um, but he's talked about murals inside of the house or, or accent walls and things that, things that bump you from like the middle range of Airbnbs to like the top 90%. Yeah, absolutely. And then another, the, un, when you start focusing on the uniqueness or like what you were talking about with the murals and the accent walls, that opens you up to also influencer marketing. That's a, that's a small little segment right now of the short-term rental world that's starting to become really big of reaching out to traveling influencers, training a couple, uh, trading a couple of days that probably wouldn't have booked anyways, uh, maybe paying for flights. Like I paid for a flight for, for a gentleman and they essentially are doing a full photo shoot, a full, maybe they're doing, putting it on their YouTube channel. And then you're feeding people either to your direct booking site or directly to your Airbnb link. Um, influencer marketing, is that's a completely different world that gets opened up when you focus on the unique properties. You said that's a new area, like people that hasn't really taken off yet? I, more, more, most of the managers that I talk to on a daily basis, like I mastermind with, uh, like throughout the whole country and then even nationally, most of them aren't doing that. I might just be in the wrong circles. Like I haven't, my circle hasn't done that, but I haven't heard anything about it. So, um, yeah, no, I'm super excited about that. We're, we, we, we have influencers going to all of our properties in the next like two months. Wow. That's, that's a interesting tactic. I think I've, I think I've heard of this, you know, one other person maybe talking about this before, but I haven't seen a, a ton of that yet. And, yeah, I could. Yeah, and I mean, another thing you can do is instead of having someone go to your property, is just pay for like a social media post or something on Instagram if you already have the pictures to your property. That's another way to do it, which is essentially influencer marketing as well. But just they're not going out to your property. But what are some of the things that if someone was listening to this that they should think about if if they want to get into the short term rental game but but haven't done it before? What should they consider, or or what do you wish you knew about? Yeah, man, uh, that, that's a phenomenal question. So developing or purchasing, so either or, if they're just looking to get into it, you want to think of the entire guest experience. And when I say entire guest experience, that, that means the experience driving to and from your property outside of just your property yourself. So when I say that is the first thing you want to think about when you're looking to purchase, get into a property, develop a property, you want to think of the access to the property. You don't want your guests to be driving 30 minutes up a gravel road before they even get to your property. A lot of times they're driving in at night. A lot of times they're new to the area and you don't want them to be pissed off or scared by the time they even get to your property. Um, so access to the property is huge. We like to be off of some sort of paved road. We develop, so like we'll put in our own driveways if we need to, uh, if it's not crazy steep, but we won't put in like a mile driveway or anything crazy like that. Like the most we've done is like maybe a quarter mile um, and it, relatively flat for the most part. Um, but yeah, that's that's the first thing to think about is just access to the property because that's the whole guest experience from there. And just what the property looks like or like the surrounding properties look like. You don't want to be surrounded by like just a whole bunch of rundown properties. What What's the typical cash on cash return for these types of investments that you personally target? Yeah, man. So like for our investors, um, we like to be anywhere between 12 to 15% annual um, or at least by the time they get out of the deal. That's, that's the goal. Um, if it's projects that you're just working on yourself, man, I'll give you a really good example. So the very first one, granted, this budget was done prior to COVID. Um, so you can adjust these numbers based off that, maybe discount them by 20 or 30%. But 
our very first cabin we built turnkey with the land furnishing everything for about 250 grand. I probably put about 40 grand of my own money into that project, 40, 45 grand. That project grossed last year. I mean, I mean, it's been renting out for five years now, but that cabin grossed $82,000 last year and it netted about 46,000 after debt service and all bills. So it's like my, my, my cash on cash was essentially a hundred percent every year. Yeah. So discount that by 30, even 40%. If you want to get more conservative, like if you're doing it yourself, it's, it's a crazy number. If you have the right property, man, like again, that property can sleep. It's, it has a loft with a ladder that leads to it and a bedroom on the downstairs and then a queen pullout couch. So it can sleep six people in 800 square foot. It's an open floor plan for the most part. Um, if you optimize the floor plan, right, where you're not wasting square footage and it's a unique property, dude, they're going to cash flow like crazy. Like imagine if you have three of those, even if you just have three of those, you're, you're, you're pretty much set like with your cash flow. Like a, that's 120. If I had, I, mean, I do have three of them, but three of them cash flow close to like 120 grand a year. Like imagine how many long-term rentals or multifamily units you would need to cash flow that after debt service is, is my line yeah, of thinking when I think about stuff like that. I've, yeah. I've always thought that's mind boggling about short-term rentals is, is exactly that point is like one, <laughs> One short-term rental property can cash flow as much as like hundreds of units of multifamily. So, yeah, man. And the numbers are that's a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar cabin, like <laughs> one cabin. How does that opportunity even exist? It, it seems crazy. I mean, just the barrier to entry. I feel like people are just intimidated by the building aspect of it. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Like, why? Why haven't? You you would think you would think more money would pour into this, right? And and the prices would would all come up to. Yeah, I feel like I feel like with me sharing my numbers on this, man, people are like, oh, okay, and there's just like like yeah. But I mean, if if you can find the right GC, and like I said, things are lo not loosening up, but things are getting a little like GCs are open to more projects now because things are slowing down on the residential custom side. Um, I I think you can find a GC relatively easily just by calling around. But don't get me wrong, like that very first property we probably looked at 40 different pieces of land before we find the right one um so i mean it did take some work but obviously now that work is we put in that work five six years ago and now it's like it's just i'll never i'll never sell those properties because we we don't have any investors on those first couple ones well if you you recently came out with a product right to to help teach people about how to go out and do this so that they they don't have to start from scratch they can learn from you know someone who's been down the path already yeah i had i had a lot of yeah i had a lot of people reaching out to me um ju just in in my circle and also friends that were seeing when family and that was seeing what i was doing and i just didn't have time to take all those calls uh like with the people who were cold calling or like reaching out to me like in my dms and stuff so um i essentially cr i sat down and i created the course that i wish i had when i started like six years ago so there's like a group coaching aspect to it there's a templates, workbooks, there's over 120 videos, everything that you would need um, to do what I currently do. Um, and we just got our first couple students running through that. And I'm super excited about it. Awesome. Well, if, if people want to get access to that or learn about that, how do they do it? Yeah, so it, my personal website, uh, there's a button to just enroll now, but it's uh, alexjarbo.com, A-L-E-X-J-A-R-B-O.com. And then it'll be on your right, right, right corner is where you can just enroll in the course for that. Go through the little sales video that we have. And then, um, I mean, I'm, I'm 
completely honest here. Like, it, like we're not charging like a crazy amount. We're just trying to get as many students as we can through the course. Um, because uh, anybody who asks me about what I do, I, I send them straight to that course because that, that is essentially, I brain dumped everything that I've worked on the last six years into that course. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure we put that in the show notes and uh, links to it and all that. So if you're listening to this and want to learn how to do this, make sure you check that out. Alex, we always end with a hyper fast round. If you are ready for some rapid fire Q&A. Let's get it. All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate investor? Focus on one thing, man. Like focus on one asset class, focus on one thing and just spend at least an hour, but I would recommend three hours a day on that one thing. Don't, don't get scatterbrained and things are going to get difficult. Just push through and focus on one asset class when you first start. What is one thing you're doing in your business now that you were not doing a year ago? Mm, I love that, man, especially with how much that's changed in the last year. Um, I, I've brought on, outside of investors, I've just brought on more experienced GCs, like with GCs that have the crews and have the reputation that, that can knock out these like larger two and a half, five million dollar projects. All right, what's a mistake that you see experienced investors making? Jumping, uh, jumping, like uh, ties into the first question, jumping ship, man, like things are getting hard in their asset class or something. So they jump from multifamily to self storage to blah, 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 but w without really too much experience, like, okay, like the, the numbers for the most part make are, are the same, like when, it, when you're talking about cash on cash and blah, 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 like cap rates and IRs and everything. But on top of that, like, there are little differences that exist in every single real estate asset class. And I think people can get in trouble if they're constantly jumping from one thing to the other. All right. If you had to start over today and you could only take the knowledge that you've acquired with you, what's the first thing you would go out and do? I would have, this is going to be for, this is going to be scary for people who are starting. I would have started bigger. I would have, if, if I, if I knew what I know now, I would have immediately started with like 12 cabins and I, I just would have raised the capital and, and I would have gotten less of the deal that way, but at least I would be confident in my abilities to, that where I'm at now. Yeah, I would have, I was, I would have started bigger. I would have literally started with 12 right off the bat. All right. Last question. Where do you see yourself five years from now? Yeah, man. Um, so we, my wife and I are working on putting together a 501c3 um, nonprofit. And we, we want to, we want to pour a lot of our time into that. Um, just helping, um, our parents. So I, I was a Marine, but my parents were born and raised in Northern Iraq and a lot of stuff that got like where my family like grew up. A lot of the stuff was destroyed there by like ISIS and stuff in 2013. And this is getting down a completely different rabbit hole. Um, but we, we plan on like putting some money into like rebuilding some of those communities overseas. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Alex. For people that want to connect with you, learn more about what you do, can you just uh, remind them best places they should go or social media or whatever you, you know, whatever you prefer? Yeah, man. Yeah. AlexDrabo.com. You guys can find all my stuff there. I have a free YouTube channel as well that I go through all the projects I'm currently going through. Um, you guys can check out my previous interviews there. That's where my course, uh, intro, like the intro to my course lives. And then you guys can connect with me on LinkedIn as well. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn in the comment section of my YouTube channel as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Alex, to all of our listeners and viewers. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, leave us reviews, all that good stuff. And please share this episode. Uh, this was gold. This is an amazing asset class. Uh, thank you again, Alex. And we will see you all next time. Awesome. Thanks, man.